<laughs> hey everybody, Bill St. James at the Aerosmith concert. Traffic's jammed out there, so if you're stuck in your car on your way to this concert, don't worry, we've got you covered. Just keep it right here on LA's Classic Rock Station. Now remember, Belle doesn't know you're here, so shh, I shall call her in, and when she enters, we'll all shout, surprise! <laughs> this planet doesn't look so dangerous, Heidi. Is this it, Odie? We'll see. Ah, we better find that landing beacon. And welcome to the WW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 569. And I'm here once again, not only to help you have the best vacation experience when you go to the Disney parks, but I also want to bring you a little bit of Disney magic wherever you are, not just with the podcast, but with my live video broadcasts on Facebook every Wednesday night blog, video, special events, books, audio tours, a few other projects I'm working on, and more. And look, whether it's your first time visiting the parks or you've been hundreds of times, if you're planning a vacation or you just love the history, secrets, details, and stories, there's something here for you because each week I'm going to take you from the parks to the screens and everything in between, like Japan. And if you're a new listener, welcome. Please go back and check out some or all the past episodes for interviews, top tens, reviews, and more, you can subscribe to the podcast in iTunes and find everything else over at www.radio.com. So this week, I invite you to please join me once again as we continue reviewing and recapping our Adventures by Disney trip to Japan, also known as the trip of a lifetime. We continue through this incredible country on a remarkable journey to Takayama, Otawara, and our time in Tokyo before punctuating our adventure at Tokyo Disneyland and Disney Sea. I'll then have the answer to our last Walt Disney World trivia question of the week, and I'll pose a new challenge for your chance to win a Disney prize package that may or may not include something from Japan. I'll also have more information at the end of the show about upcoming WW Radio events, meets of the month, your voicemails, and more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WW Radio Show. site so the next day um again it was still sort of drizzling a little bit i didn't want to get soaked because we had to get back on the bus to go to our our next uh destination which was otawara so i chose instead to just go back to the the takayama market district and this this actually was the day that i would probably put a very close second to my first day in kyoto because I went back to some of those small side streets and some of those little things, and I found an antique store. And I just – so my family at one point used to have an antique business. So I grew up literally traveling the the United States by van um, going to antique stores. And this struck me from a, a, a memory of my childhood you know, um, perspective and, and thinking my mom and dad would have loved this to my love of – Japanese history and culture and I just 
for those of you like it smelled like an antique store. It had that such a familiar s- smell, right? And, and our olfactory senses, the ones that are most closely tied to memories, and it just sort of hit me. And I spent probably an hour in there, um, just wandering and going through things. And I wanted to bring home unique souvenirs, and this is where I found and felt um, I could find the most. I would find things that I wouldn't get in every other souvenir shop um so a couple of us went into there and then found a little tiny tiny cafe like the size of my office and just had um some green tea and stuff for lunch and then probably my second favorite meal of um the entire trip which served heat of beef again we walked in we had no idea what we were getting into we were the only non-japanese people there were like this place must be awesome and it absolutely was and The one thing I I liked about this day, and I wish there was almost a little bit more of On the Adventures by Disney, was more time on our own to do a little bit of exploring so you can find some of these little hidden places like that. The the rest of you did the tour that day, correct? Yes. Yeah. We had the tour. I had a a blast because it was kind of all the different ways you can use soy. Right, like pretty much. Uh, we we had miso and we had um, miso glazed rice balls, right? And then we um, also ate two different kinds of tofu and and sake tasting and sake t- tasting at what was it like ten a.m. <laughs> <laughs> it's ten a.m. somewhere, so it's fine. Um, and then we had time on our own after that too, and. Uh, BJ and I also had one of our most favorite lunches. Um, while we were on the food tour, we watched somebody uh, make soba noodles from scratch. We were watching um, him roll out the dough, uh, and they had like a little window uh, that you could watch it. Um, and we were just so fascinated by that. And uh, we had gotten a recommendation before the trip of a soba noodle place that was over 100 years old that we could uh, go and have lunch. And so we walked in again, we were the only non-Japanese people there. Um, They asked us where we were from and we said we were American. Uh, And he got a funny look on his face and he, he kind of walked to the back and I said, are are we in trouble? I I don't know what we should be doing. Um, And he came back with a graphic novel in English about how to eat the soba noodles. It was marvelous. We were, it was so great to be able to, 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 you know, he was sharing his culture with us. Um, and we had the soba noodle soup that had eggs on top and some pork and green onions and all. It was really, really delicious. And, um, and we, we slurped it up because that's the way that you eat soba noodle soup is you slurp it and the louder, the better. That's the compliments to the chef. And, and don't maybe, I mean, and, didn't you feel that way everywhere? Like, yeah, I felt so welcomed. Everywhere. I never felt uncomfortable. Even if there was a language issue, nobody sort of rolled their eyes or, mm. or they wanted to try and help and they wanted to try and be as accommodating as possible. And I found that everywhere that we went every single day in Japan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that's right. And I, you know, even afterwards, when we were paying, I, I asked if I could keep the graphic novel because I was so just charmed by it and he was like oh yes yes of course take it take it so nice that's cool yeah we went to this little heat it was called heat of beef 
Mabushi, and it was this sort of process, and the there, there was an English menu that showed us the process of how to sort of mix the things into the rice bowl and then pour the broth in, and then the little old lady was like so nice showing me. I'm like, this is just like again, I, I was grinning ear to ear the um, the entire time, and so then we took it right. So that's where we took a train to mm-hmm. the two trains. Two yeah. trains. That's right. We took the local train and then we took the Shinkansen again. Yep. Mm-hmm. Again, just point of note, even the train stations are spotless. Yeah. I mean, you could eat off the ground and that's not I'm not exaggerating. Like you could eat off the ground in, in the train stations. Um and, and can can we just pay a little bit of homage to the coolest snack ever? <laughs> the single Cheeto in, yes. in one package. <laughs> a giant Cheeto. It's like a, a gi- huge Cheeto. One giant single Cheeto in one package. And I have fallen in love with those. And I have to go to the local Wajimaya now to get my single Cheetos. But we had those <laughs> on the train because the Adventures by Disney guys also always keep us well watered and well full of snacks. Although so, that never that doesn't stop any of us because every train station we all stopped and went to the convenience stores or the vending machines to get omosubi yeah. or bento boxes or not because we were hungry, just because we wanted to try everything. And that's the one where you found the little sandwich um, right before we got on the oh, second yeah, train. Right. Remember that we bought on board? And then you also opened up your 11-pound box of snacks. You had been packing <laughs> around for seven days at that point because some of us needed a mounds. <laughs> sna- Listen, Lord of the Flies. I'm the guy with the. the You're the guy. Yeah, that's why I sit next to you. Um, okay, so this is when. Okay, this is when we went to. I had my hotels yeah. confused, right? This is when we went and to the hotel that was right. right this, this is karaoke night. Right. This karaoke is the hotel, um, beautiful hotel, which mm-hmm. um, had originally been built for by the government for the employees. We had a wonderful buffet. And I say wonderful, why? Because not only was there a dude making fresh sushi right there, but there was also a tempura station too. So good. They lost money on me that night. (laughs) Um, And I am still on a search for yuzu salt and pink salt, the pink um, plum salt and the green tea salt that I learned is the way that's what you put on the tempura, which was just like mind-blowingly delicious. This hotel also had the futon-style beds, which oh, yeah. when I you first walked in, it's kind of like, oh, well, that's interesting because they're very low to the ground. It's not like you're going to step up to it. And there's two beds, but they're separated, not that you can walk between them. They're on a futon board, on a platform. Uh, and then a little seating area that's very Japanese. So it felt very culturally correct, but yet very comfortable at the same time. Um, I wish we would have spent a couple more nights at this hotel. If you had to be at a middle hotel somewhere, this this definitely exceeded my expectations. It was not the Shining Hotel. Um, and <laughs> it was far away from that. But the one thing it did have now, and now we get to talk about the thing that that Lou um, it didn't do. Uh, <laughs> Adventures by Disney did a karaoke night that this hotel had karaoke rooms that you can rent out and they only did it one other time um, was on the inaugural. They had done that to celebrate the first trip going to Japan and uh, James and Tomomi came to me and they said, 
it's a little surprise and delight for you because I, I don't think you know this, but we want to celebrate WDW radio and Emmy on mouse fan travel and your group specifically, because you're, you're very good clients of ours. We would like to um, offer this as a party for your group. And we thought that this would be the perfect group to do karaoke together. So we had dinner we go down in the basement and yes, in the basement, there's a bowling alley and there's an arcade, but there is this wonderful room that you walk into and Lou was there for like a hot second. So <laughs> we're call. all in there, the entire group. Oh, no, no, no. The entire group shows up and we're all in there. And I think Meg, you were the first one that sang, I believe. Yes. So Meg's up there singing. Lou sits in the very back of the room with this phone in his hand. And the moment that I think it was me or somebody else that said, does, does the menu of carry of songs have grease in it? <laughs> and the moment that they said, yes, as a matter of fact, we do have grease to not, not a minute later, Lou had a phone call in air quotes phone call very important call left. from the states that i needed to take he left and he did not return so we think that the grease song which of course played about two songs later and we all had a fantastic time singing at the top of our lungs to all the fantastic songs um it was really a neat way for all of us to kind of have a good time together and party together and Somebody missed it because I think he was afraid that he had to sing up, stand up and sing Grease. I'm contractually I mean, I obligated had- not to sing in public. So. <laughs> I thought we had bonded pretty well as a tour group up until then, but that just kind of cemented it. <laughs> that did it. And I'm not one for karaoke, typically. I'll, I'll like watch and then I'll back away slowly. But that was so much fun. It wasn't just the person singing with the mic at the, the, on the stage. Everybody was singing every song, and it, it was a lot of fun. I and heard a rumor where... of Martin singing uh, Belting Out Queen. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Martin yeah. brought down the house with yeah. singing We Are the Champions, my queen. Yeah, do, do you know, that's the first time I've ever done karaoke. Um, I used to sing, uh, sorry, but I did sing no a bit in a band. No practice at home. <laughs> no, yeah, so in the mirror was useful. In the Allison. Yeah, that's right. But um, you missed a good night, mate. You should, we could have yeah. done a duet a lot. You know what I mean? It was such fun. I also Everybody had a bit of a sore fun. throat that evening, so I felt it best phone to... phone uh, call. I know. Yes. Of all the things to miss. How I know. So sorry right? I missed it. Yeah. It was a, it was a fa- it was, As um, <clears throat> Ali said, we bonded that night. It was a fabulous <laughs> night. Um, and, whether we and, wanted oh. to or not. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, and, of course, what yeah. happens in the karaoke room stays in the karaoke room. <laughs> God. We'll we'll always have an oh, inside story yes. that will never be told outside, and ne- that no, what happens yeah. in the karaoke room stays yeah. in the karaoke yeah. room. Moving on. I don't need to. I don't need to know, and I don't. I don't think I want to because the, word, the, the next word, day, the, the next day um, was. I, I sort of look at the next day as, as a, a transition day um, before yeah. we went to. Um, it was the oddest to, day ever. Oh, the was, entire trip, it was the oddest day. Let's it was just put inter- it out there. It was an interesting day. Um, so <laughs> we went to the Hakone Open Air Museum, um, which was interesting because it, it's 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 modern art. Um, it's also a, a separate Picasso museum. There's gardens. There's a um, a, a sort of a, a scenic, almost kaleidoscope like stained glass. Um, tower that you can go up to and it was lovely and it was very nice um 
you know, to be able to to walk through something a little bit different. Um, I think it was sort of a buffer because I needed to – we need to spend some time on our way to Tokyo. And <laughs> we we go to uh, a little town. It's a quiet village um, called Kamakura, which is a, 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 a seaside – it's a, a coastal town um, where I understand – what the intent was. You know there's a problem when you have to preface it. Right. So just – I'm going to pull – go with me here. I think the idea in the planning of this is we need to, to buffer some time to get them to the peninsula in Tokyo at a time where they can check in, get the room and go to dinner, etc. So we have a little bit of time. Let's – we've been in Japan now for eight days. Let's give them a little taste of America. <laughs> So we go to this second floor restaurant with a (laughs) lovely view of the ocean and the windsurfers and it's – but as you walk in, something's just not right. (laughs) It's as if somebody took a picture of like a magazine from 1981 of a typical American seaside restaurant and said – that's it. That's what we have to recreate. On the California beach. Right. Now, when it comes to the food, this is where things get interesting. <laughs> <clears throat> so, again, if the order of things is incorrect, please jump in. They bring out – was the first thing the salad, right? They brought out a little right. salad. And then they yep. brought out a, li- <laughs> a little square – of, of pizza, yeah. pizza and pizza is a stretch it's a square <laughs> of toast with tomato sauce and something that was supposed to resemble maybe a slice of pepperoni you know what it reminded me of is when you go to costco and they've got the the samples no don't and don't you. insult costco like that don't <laughs> even like as a kid when you had the stuff that you like put in the toaster or the oven not yeah. even that okay well well that's fine it's sometimes it's tough to redo pizza right then we got a plate of curly fries <laughs> and a little dish of ketchup. And it had like the ketchup thing had like some sort of weird. It said like, oh, ketchup for you. It said ketchup, ketchup for, for you. you on it. I'm like, oh, as opposed to ketchup for someone else. <laughs> and then they brought out a plate of oh. Oh. It, calling it spaghetti <laughs> would make my grandmother roll over in her grave. <laughs> it was a plate of noodles with with red juice on it and some <laughs> it was supposed to okay this is so i'm I like was, oh my I god i was so confused right oh, so i'm sitting so there going confused. wait a minute this is supposed to be like a typical american meal because the next thing they brought out was i guess meant to be a chicken nugget so yeah. and i'm like i will bet a thousand dollars that the next thing that comes out is chocolate cake Yahtzee, of as if on cue. So the what I've determined is this, is that aliens came down from space <laughs> and looked at it and said, they watched American TV in 1979 and said, oh, this is what American people eat. We don't know what it tastes like, so just put it in the replicator and trot it out. And that's what it was. It was the oddest. <sighs> I yeah. Get, A for effort. A for effort. 
it probably so, was not the <laughs> and the most amazing thing to us, I think, Meg, it was you and I. Or I'm not sure if it, you with with me or not, but we went to go look at the regular menu from the place, <laughs> and it had nothing to do with anything we were just served. Nothing. <laughs> it was not one thing, for the exception of the Coca Cola that we were served, that was on the normal menu. So it was almost like they said, "Hey, there's a restaurant. Let's make Americans feel happy and comfortable, and let's serve them American food." And so someone ran out to figure out what that should be. All so of a sudden, gonna... happy I had snacks again. I'm just saying. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. I, think, I, think, I was going to say, look, I think you summed it up with the picture you posted, which was the weirdest toilet signage I've ever right. seen in my life. So I was just getting <laughs> I, to that. I still don't get it. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff that's lost in translation in Japan where, and a lot of stuff that's wacky. Is, is so I want to describe for this for you. If the you summer. haven't seen the picture on, on my social or in the Facebook group, there's a picture <laughs> of a woman from the the back who's wearing thigh high boots daisy duke short shorts a bikini top and a cowboy hat she has a fishing rod and at the end of the line is <laughs> i need to be delicate here is a, a man in his underpants being hooked by the line with a big red x going through it and it just says toilet underneath. Now I don't know if it's the men's room or the ladies' room or yeah, what. I'm it's looking a, at it now. Yeah. So it was yeah. a very very strange day. It was a very. It, but BJ loved it. That, BJ, that was BJ's favorite meal. I I I did I I did actually enjoy those chicken nuggets. I, I, I don't want to jump they in, but good. I, I I really enjoyed those, and, and I think Allie didn't finish hers, and so I got some of Allie's, you which did. I which was really actually quite wonderful. I loved it. I loved it. I think we were being tested. I think there, there was there was an inside joke there that someone behind a, a, a wall was watching us and filming us or something because that was just totally odd. I was very confused and I was really happy to get back on the bus. I was only more confused and, and unfortunately there was somebody else who was going to join us tonight, Stephen and Freya, who were from Australia, who have done ABDs with us in the past. I think because it's the middle of the night in Australia. For some reason, they came over and they kept bringing me their plates of food. And I don't like they kept bringing me their plates of spaghetti. And I'm like, I'm not eating mine. I don't know if they just didn't like it or they're like, oh, just give it to the Italian guy. Give it to the he'll eat anything. He'll eat, give it to no, Mikey. He'll, he'll eat, eat anything. anything. <laughs> so I had one point, I have three plates of uneaten noodles with tomato juice on it. And when the guy came over, he looked at me and I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm full. I had a big I had a big breakfast. I'm sorry. <laughs> like I'm insulting all the Japanese people. But. But we were able to make up for it, thankfully, because I think from there, isn't that where we went to cup noodles? Yes. yes. I, do, I do want Amen. to preface this that this is no longer on the itinerary. So it's something that oh. was added. It used to be they took it off. This is now it was something that we asked to be added back on. Thankfully, because I needed to get out of Kamakura as fast as possible. Um, so we've all listened, whether you grew up on cup noodles and it's not cup o noodles, it's cup noodles or, you know, we're a starving college student. Um, I, I've eaten my weight in, in cup noodles. They have a full blown, like multi-story, <laughs> huge building dedicated to 
anything and everything you wanted to know about the history and the making of cup noodles ramen in an interactive environment. Like we were all, we made our own cup noodles um, in this sort of weird sterile type <laughs> environment. Um, we learned the history of cup noodles and and um, and the um, the creator of it. Although I I will tell you that that I did like one of the sections had sort of a. Um, um, an entrepreneurial business spin to it, sort of um, in terms of inspiring other people to pursue their dreams and and all that kind of stuff. So I so I dig that with the cup noodles. Um, have you guys eaten yours yet? Have you guys eaten your cup noodles mm-hmm. yet? Oh yeah, yeah. no, <laughs> not yet. My children it was our, have It was our meal me. when we got home. Then the night we got home, we didn't feel like cooking, and like you know right. what we're having for dinner: cup noodles. So and, and again, Japan being Japan. You get to choose your noodles and, and four different ingredients, and they seal it. Like, they hermetically, like, seal it for you. But then because it's Japan, they seal it in this big, inflated, puffy <laughs> thing that you wear around your neck all day. <laughs> so, in your purse. It is. You, you had it's your a, purse. It's a ramen purse. That's It's a clear ramen purse <laughs> that you wear around your neck. Um I haven't my yeah my my kids have forbade me from do, opening it and trying it until they're here to do it. So at some point, well, this remember week, it almost expires. You, you have it was it a month? I think. No, is it like a year? Is it like what? a year? No, it's like a month. It's ramen. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> Can um, you wait till after we get back from the next trip before you ask the question? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so what did you guys think? What did you guys think of the Cup Noodles Museum? Oh, it was great. It was fun to design the noodle, um, that the the container. I thought that was fun that we all got a chance to sort of do some, you know, arts and crafts, learn a little <laughs> bit about the history of it. And then every time we went into a 7-Eleven or uh, another shop or anywhere in the airport, you know, we would see these cup noodles. And I then knew that there was a whole museum devoted to it and <laughs> make your own and it was kind of fun it was really fun. and there's like a mascot there's like a cup noodles chicken mascot yeah yeah that's it yep. it was very it was it was an interesting it day. was fun it was fun it was a a unique experience that i don't think we'll ever forget but then thankfully um and i think oh, yes. i think down i actually think i heard Becky sigh of her oh. sigh of joy when she checked into her room at the Peninsula Hotel. Yes, oh. Oh, the place of love. It's so <laughs> the second I'm best hotel, the second best hotel I've ever stayed at. The first oh. being, yeah, the Rosewood with the Rosewood in Beijing. The Rosewood. Well, I think. All right, I'm gonna just preface this: the Rosewood for the room itself and the hotel itself. But I think the peninsula has it on service hands down. I really do. Yeah. This was amazing. Walking into this place was, oh, uh, it took my breath away. It was beautiful. And um, the decor was so stylish and so modern yet still reflective of, of Japan. And the service was amazing. Yeah. And in yeah. the room, so uh, many buttons. Uh. So many buttons. It's another place where you walk in. You go, "What's this do? What does that do? What does this do?" I, there I think are as many buttons around the room as there are on the toilets. So that gives you a sense of of just how it, it's an it's a very interactive room. Yeah. There's all kinds yes. of stuff going on and, in there. Oh my gosh, the grapes! 
the grapes that they gave us. I'm serious. <laughs> I I went down and I found the the little uh, grab and go spot in the basement, and they were selling those grapes for uh, maybe about 18 of them for 30 bucks. And I, in a heartbeat, said I'm happy to spend 30 bucks on these grapes because they were so. Let that sink in for a minute, people. I know. When she says the grab and go, let's let's not just kid <laughs> ourselves, right? It's right, not your yeah. traditional grape. You're not getting a little omasubi for like six bucks. Like y- grapes are thirty dollars. Yeah. Um, somebody, I, I was talking to somebody stateside, and I said something, and she's like, "Oh, just go downstairs to the gift shop and get something." I'm like, "Let me explain something to you. The <laughs> gift shops are like a diamond store." There's a watch shop that you have to make an appointment to go into. There is no gift shop per se. Um, That's not the the, kind of – yeah. The two things that impressed me the most besides the myriad of buttons was the number one, you had this walk-in closet, which was as big as my room um, in the closet itself. And if you sat down to the makeup mirror, there was a nail dryer. Right in the side where if you were putting on nail polish, you just put your fingers in the nail dryer. You hit the nail dryer button and it dries your nails. And guys, you don't get that. But us ladies, we get it. And that is so cool. But the most amazing experience was the spa button. Yes. Oh, spa mode. I need that in my life. I need more of that spa button in my life. Basically in the the bathrooms that had um, by the water closet. When you open the door, the toilet lays for you automatically because it would sense that you were going that direction. Um, a, a big, huge bathtub in the center and then uh, a walk-in shower on the other side. His and hers um, sinks were on either side. But when you walk up to this bath of glory and you hit the spa button, oh. the lights automatically dimmed. The water feature began. The music started playing. It was heaven. It was absolute heaven. I need to go back there. The thing I was going to mention is, so we stayed at um, the peninsula of Tokyo for three nights. And while we were there, um, across the street uh, was the emperor's palace. And they were having the Japan enthronement of the new emperor at that time. And I was just so impressed by the staff of the hotel and our guides um, just making sure that we were safe and taken care of because of all the hullabaloo going on with the enthronement because there were road closures right around our hotel and a lot of dignitaries staying at our hotel. And so there was, you know, a couple things that they had to work out and had they not told us what was going on, I'm not sure I would have even caught on because everything was just handled so well. A lot of people walking around with, with um, earpieces in the air. There was a ton of security, but I know this is skipping ahead a little bit, but just to talk about that service for a second, I've stayed in a lot of hotels and I've seen a lot of service levels. And the one thing, one night when we came back, they had closed the roads and it was raining and we had to stop the bus about three blocks away and walk the rest of the way. And as most of us, some of us were on a subway, (laughs) that's another story. As we were walking, getting off the bus and thought, it's three blocks. It's not a big deal, right? At least we can go to our hotel. Yay. And we get off the, off the bus and everyone's trying to carry stuff. And you look down the block and there are literally six people from the hotel, the bell services staff running towards us, running towards us, umbrellas and towels and grabbing stuff from people. So they were carrying them literally three blocks away from the hotel. And I have never, ever, ever at any hotel in any scenario ever seen any service level 
like that. And it made such an impression on me that now the peninsula is going to be one of the places that I seek out for, for high level stays because that was amazing. I like that hotel. Can you tell? Yeah. Yeah. Shocker. (laughs) Um, and of course, this hotel is the reason why the the ABD was so expensive. FYI, just <laughs> just putting it out there, but worth it. Um, yeah. All right. So I I, I want to quickly um I want to I want to move on to a couple of different things because I just realized we still have like another day and a half to go. Um, yeah. That night we had dinner at Gonpachi, um, yes. which is a, oh, a yeah. very popular restaurant, not just for tourists but for locals uh, Becky was enthralled uh, not just because it was a sit down table service restaurant but it was also was the inspiration for uh, one of the scenes in the Kill Bill film uh, Yes, but it had this very cool like vibe to it they had live taiko drummers upstairs I thought the food was excellent that it night was like, really, it was my really favorite meal really enjoyed that meal, meal. a lot and they kept bringing more food. Uh, every time you thought you were finishing one, there was more food that showed up. And that was definitely my favorite meal of all the ones we had. Um, from there, we went to uh, – isn't that the night we went to Shibuya Crossing? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So it's, Shibuya Crossing is when you see pictures or, or movies in Tokyo and the, the incredibly crowded uh, intersection – you're looking at Shibuya Crossing, and it's rumored to be the busiest intersection in the world with like a thousand people crossing in every direction, every time the light changed, in the most polite and organized fashion I have ever seen. Again, a, a little Japanese cultural moment. Whether it's Shibuya Crossing or any sidewalk, when the light turns red, everybody stops. It's not like Jersey or New York where there's like the stragglers like <laughs> like playing Frogger with the cars, like dodging – Everybody stops. Or if there's somebody in the intersection, the car stops. There's no honking of horns. There's no, like, yelling and screaming like, I'm walking here. None of that happens there, even in the busiest intersection. Yeah, and a 1,000 people cross at every light. I mean, and so to have, you know, it's all directions. It's, It's north, south, east, west, and at the diagonals. So everybody's going all at once and you're, I'm thinking to myself, how is everyone possibly going to get across in 90 seconds? And yet everybody does. And then it clears out and the cars go and everybody waits for the next light to go again. And there was, and we also got to experience something quite different as well, didn't we? Because they were celebrating the rugby. In fact, even though they lost, they were still celebrating the rugby in the middle of the crossing. So we, most of us joined in and had a bit of fun with them as well. And then all of a sudden it's going red and they run off and it's all gone. It's just a crazy place to be. Lovely. Yeah. So much fun. Bless you. Thank you. That was so much fun. And I think that one of the, all of us were giddy and giggling and running across and getting our picture taken and trying to make sure that the police weren't getting mad at us. And (laughs) it, it really was an experience that I won't forget. Yeah, so um, the next day we went to the um, Hamarik. Hum, we went to the gardens. <laughs> this, this, it, it's sort of the Japanese, the Tokyo version of Central Park. This beautiful, oh, yeah. um, incredibly well landscaped and manicured garden right in the center of Tokyo, and in in the center of, of this um, in the of this park is a tea house and we were able to, to partake in a traditional Japanese tea ceremony. Again, one of the highlights 
for me as well. Um, I, I loved, you know, that sort of um, the dichotomy of having this beautiful park inside such a, an incredibly busy place like downtown Tokyo. And it was only eclipsed by the next experience of sushi making. <laughs> like, this was something I would have circled on on the itinerary had I sort of studied it a lot closer. Like the bento making, we were, we were taught how to make and then eat, yay, our own sushi. Um, <laughs> and again, I think I have developed a reputation on this trip that if you don't want to eat your food, just give it to Lou. He'll eat it. Um, so I had mine. And I had Stevens, and I had some of Freya's, <clears throat> and then Becky. You stole mine. Let Let's be clear. <laughs> Let, let's just as long as we're calling each you other out. You reached over and said, "It's sushi. You hate sushi. I'm going to take this right." And I went, yeah. Or Becky said, uh, "No thanks. I'll have a roast beef sandwich, please." <laughs> All of wow. Japan. Okay, so I the... knew better because I knew that I would go hungry no, if I no, just stuck no, with the no, sushi no. because it'd be like, you you going to eat that? Man, you're not eating that no, fast enough. No. So can you I just have that out. right now? And it'd be gone. <laughs> I've out. had meetings Did with you where there was like 42 <laughs> pieces of sushi on a platter. I looked down. I picked up my napkin. I looked up and they were gone. Oh, so it. How much did you guys – how much did the rest of you enjoy the sushi making? <laughs> Amazing. It was so fun. Much. So much fun. And again, and it the, was another one where we got to kind of do a little bit as a group, and then each of us got to make our own rolls. And we we made uh, the rolled eggs there as well to go with our sushi. And what was I, what I really liked about it is you got to see the difference in how rolled eggs are made in Tokyo versus how they're made in Takayama. True. Yeah. Um, and any and any class that I get to eat the results is a good one for me. Um, from there, uh, I think I have my timing correct. We went to the Sensoji Temple, the oldest temple in Tokyo. Um, very bright that had that huge red papered lantern in the center and then did a tour of the um, Asakusa district. Um, yeah. And so if my timing is correct, we did the little tour. And is this where we had like 45 minutes or so to go yeah. shopping on our own. Okay. So yes. this is this is where I wish <laughs> we had a little bit more time because I I was a man on a mission and Becky came with me. We were sort of people on mission and while everyone went to go down um this this um different day. It, no? No. Same day. This is the one where you we went to the um there was that shopping district, and and we oh, yeah, shopped yeah, yeah. along the way oh, and went to right. the end. It's the next day that you're talking it's, about. Okay, it's the next day that I got confused. Okay, so this was right. This was that sort of single uh, that had the temple all the way at the end. And then is this yeah. where we had the night we had dinner on our own this in is Tokyo? Tokyo Tower. And Tokyo then Tower. Yeah, yeah Tokyo Tower. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay. That's right. I don't, I don't know why I don't have Tokyo Tower Oh, it's on my pictures. Dinner. It's not on my uh, – yeah, Tokyo Tower is a lot of fun. So Tokyo Tower is sort of the Japanese version of the Eiffel Tower where you're able to go up um, in an elevator and get 360-degree views of uh, the entire city. It's spectacular. Um, no, spectacular. Was, that was a lot of fun it, too. It was like going into the Tower of Terror because how you walked into the little library <laughs> thing and they were all – they were impeccably dressed. 
all of the their team members or cast members and you go into a library and they have two guys that are talking to each other about building the tower and then you go up the elevator it was actually really well done i was i was really impressed with it and it had a spectacular view we yeah, could that even was a- see space mountain from uh from the top we got to see a little <laughs> bit of space mountain Oh, yeah. And that's where, oh, they also had all the decorations for Halloween. So (laughs) I I now have what we're, I'll post it next year for Halloween, which will be the perfect, it'll be from now on, it'll be the WDW radio Halloween card of of Lou in his. um, I look like a marshmallow. I look like a marshmallow. Marshmallow with a Halloween bat on your head. And it was, it was actually perfect. So there was a lot of fun things to do. Uh, there was also something that scared the bejesus out of me, which was a full glass floor that I didn't want to stand on for anything. And you said something like, I don't know, trust me, which that's, you know, blasphemy. Um, but we got some great pictures there. And I loved putting all of our feet on, on it. So we got a big picture of the group that were standing there. Uh, it was a really fun activity. I enjoyed it. And then that night we had uh, we had time on our own in Tokyo. Um, what did you guys do? What did each of you do um, that Spa evening? mode. <laughs> <laughs> okay, without being getting into much detail, what did everybody else do that night? So I went shopping because our hotel was in the Ginza district, which is known for shopping, a lot of great malls and some high-end shops around. So um, I went to three different malls that were in like a two or three block radius of our hotel. Um, Some of them were 10, 12 stories high. So just walking around there and checking those out. We went to a food hall in one of the malls. It was in the basement of the mall. And there was a, a food hall there that was almost like a, I mean, it had anything you could think of, desserts and fresh produce. And they had like little bento boxes. And so we got a couple bentos, but it, they were really, really small. And we weren't sure it was going to be enough food. And so we were we brought it back to the hotel. And then on the way home, we stopped at a 7-Eleven. <laughs> now, 7-Elevens in Japan are not like 7-Elevens here in America. The food at the 7-Eleven is unbelievable. <laughs> Great sandwich. One of the best sandwiches yeah. that I can remember having. It was so, so good. Um, it was and a, it was just a sandwich from 7-Eleven. It was a teriyaki chicken and egg salad sandwich. And and then we got the – remember that bun that we got? It was like a, it was like a little white poof of Wonder Bread that had – chocolate mousse injected into the center of it yeah i think about that bun every day that bun was amazing amazing. that was one of the best things i had on the whole entire trip and i think were the crusts cut off yeah the the 7-eleven sandwich yeah they were the crusts were cut off of this 7-eleven sandwich and and yeah that that bun with the chocolate mousse is uh that won't leave me for a long time (laughs) so so we brought that all back to the peninsula and we ate uh, we ate in our room uh, overlooking Tokyo. It was it was lovely. Yeah. <laughs> Martin, what'd you do? I um, went out with a couple of guys from the uh, the group, and we headed to the Mitsukoshi store because um, I always wanted to see what it was like. And so I think we went up into the I think it's the fourteenth floor for the restaurant, and uh, we ha- we had a window seat as well, so we could look at the whole of the street lit up, which is again like Blade Runner. It's so amazingly lit up. And I actually had, a, I think it was a Japanese curry. So I just fancy something like something different with a bit of spice to it being the last few nights anyway. 
And we had a great time, me and the guys there, just looking, having that food, enjoying our conversation with the server, the guy. He loved us because we were all English, talking English, and he was trying to understand what we were saying, and we were doing the same with him. Um, but it was a fantastic time because the view, we just sat there looking over the whole Tokyo, well, in most of Tokyo, from that window. Oh, just, uh, that, that will never, I'll never forget that. And, and obviously the food was great, but it's just having that food in that location, um, you couldn't beat it. It's just, again, another brilliant experience on another brilliant day. Yeah. Just, it carried on being brilliant. Everything was great. I think a lot of us went over to Mitsukoshi because it was just a couple of blocks away. We were able to walk through the Ginza district. And I think because of the, the Epcot connection, we had to go and see what it was like. And, and I've also never visited a 14-story department store before where, by the way, on the bottom two levels, one floor is just food. Like, you could, like... <laughs> Anything you amazing would find you ever you came shocking out that. that I would find it there. <laughs> I have literally like 600 pictures of food just from Michikoshi <laughs> because it's stuff that you can get to take with you to eat. You know, people come off the train, they get food and they bring it home with them. And then the lower level is like a grocery store, like where you actually just do your grocery shopping as well. So and I spent the night by myself. Um, I, I walked around after I left Michikoshi. Uh, I was a man on a mission. Um, there were a couple of things I wanted to bring back for my family. Um, my son loves Godzilla, um, new Godzilla and old yeah. Godzilla. So I found the Godzilla statue in a Godzilla store. My daughter um, is is an artist, for lack of a better word. And she says, oh, I hear that the, the paper in Japan is wonderful. So I found a Japanese – I found a seven-story Japanese paper store – and when I couldn't find what I, was, what I was looking for, she's like, oh, no, no, that's the second store right across the street that had an additional seven levels. Um, so I didn't know what I was doing. I'm like, my my daughter, she draw, I need paper. It worked out well because she liked what I brought her. And then we're looking for something for Deanna. And then on the way back, I was trying to find something to eat. Um, I almost ate at 7-Eleven, but I had my snack from 7-Eleven. And I found... This tiny little side street. I was somewhat lost, but I didn't care. Again, did not feel <laughs> unsafe at all. And I found this tiny little uh, restaurant that had it would had pork tonkatsu as a katsu don rest. They had two items on the menu: pork tonkatsu and basically shrimp. There was like six seats inside. It was me and one Japanese businessman who was there for like five minutes, and then it was just me. And I had one of the nicest meals, like, by myself of the whole trip. Becky, you would have loved it because it was delicious. The people were so friendly. And I'm like, this is awesome. Like, it's just me eating my, in my little restaurant. And then I went to 7-Eleven and got snacks. On the, uh, for the, <laughs> it was a long walk me. home. I had, like, a two-block walk home. Um, could have brought some for me. Not if you were in your tub thing. I was not. Um <laughs> So, okay, so the next day is where we went to Takashita Street, um, yes. this very this is... ultra – so let's be clear, too. This, the part of Tokyo that we're in, this this Ginza district in Tokyo is very, very, very high-end. Um, the shops were Chanel and Hermes and Cartier. Like, it was very difficult to buy souvenirs in that section. But we went to another very trendy street with um, boutiques and, and cafes and – Really, sort of targets the 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 trendy, you know, teenagers. I mean, some of the stores had lines, hundreds of people long, going out of it. 
we had an opportunity to go shopping on our own for a few minutes. I think most of you went down that that single street, right? The um, the, the Takashita Street. Becky and I went off. <coughs> excuse me, because Search. there was a um, there was a and they called it like an Oriental Bazaar that had antiques and some other things. Um, I was going in looking for something. Becky was going look, looking for something, and then she's like, "Peace out, man. I'm out of here." So she hey. left me there, which is fine. You you wanted to go. You went to the other street. I had found a couple of things that I was looking. I was I was looking for some antique things that I wanted to bring back. And then I said, you know, Becky's looking for this one particular item. She wanted a Japanese katana. And I was able to use my broken Japanese and Google Translate best I can. And I actually found one in the store. But we only have like a half hour, 45 minutes. So Becky is texting me. I'm like, look, just go. Don't let the bus wait for me. You guys just go. I'll find my way back. And then I found the katana. So no good deed goes unpunished, right? Two things happen. So I buy my little antiques. And when they were wrapping the them, they're incredibly like careful and very didactic. So they're taking newspaper and they're folding the corners and they're folding it in half. I'm like, lady, come on, man, speed it up. I'm from Jersey. We got to go here. I got a bus waiting. But then I found her katana and I was trying to sort of figure out, can I bring it on the plane? Can I ship it? All this. And I kept telling Becky, just go, like, let the bus go. But this is what happens with Adventures by Disney Guide. James gets off the bus, waits for me and texts me and then hooks up with me. I did not get Becky her katana because it wasn't the one she wanted. And then he and I needed to get back. So we got in a cab, but because the coronation ceremony was going on, we were going nowhere, not very fast at all. So we <laughs> hopped out and I got to ride the subway. So it actually, I got a little bonus adventure. As an aside, the subway, spotless, incredibly <laughs> safe. Um, and it came up. they push up, you in like cattle and close the door? Like, no, the not at all. It was incredible. <laughs> It's one of those things like what we saw the first time we went to Tokyo Disneyland when the monorail's coming, everybody just knows to quietly line up and they just, you know, calmly. I mean, again, it wasn't rush hour or anything like that, but I'm happy I got to uh, I got to do it. And there was actually a station right at the peninsula that that so we came up into. So, um, yeah, it was fine. It was wonderful. Well, thank you for for sacrificing and trying to find my guitar. I, I tried, that. And, I, and that was one of those things where where and again the adventures by Disney guys were so great because I walked up because I knew what you were looking for and I was looking for a katana and I asked them where's the best place to get these these items and it just happened to be that same store so that's why you and I took off. He went to go look for what he was looking for, and I went to go find the katana. I had seen it, but it wasn't the one I was looking for. So that's when I said, you walk faster than I do. I'm going to start heading back towards the bus. And so I had no idea that you were going to be that long. And again, I appreciate that. But um, it's so great having those guides as a resource. No matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, you can ask them a question. They can head you in the right direction. And again, for them just to say, you know what? No, we're not going to leave Lou in the middle of this this crazy. We're going to make sure that he gets back okay, especially with all this stuff going on with security. So, you know, hats off to James for, for yeah. taking care of, of the situation. It was great. And so I think if I have my itinerary correctly, I think the next day was our final day is that isn't that where we went to mm-hmm. the last shrine yes. um, yeah, and the ceremony 
Yeah. Yeah. So so talk a little bit about the, the again, this was, and unfortunately, this was the last day there. Tokyo was crying that we were leaving because it was the only sort of really <laughs> rainy day that we had on the trip. But we were able to go to a Shinto shrine and had an, an option if we wanted to, to actually participate in a Shinto ceremony. Yeah, we got to go to a traditional Kagura ceremony, and it was just for our group. Um, and, you know, we we take off all of our shoes to get in, and they explained to us that it was impolite to show the bottoms of our feet to the altar. And so we all go in, and they have a couple of benches for people, and but everybody else sits on cross-legged and they uh, had a ceremony in our honor to pray for safe traveling. Um, and it was about 20 minutes long and uh, we didn't understand anything they said, <laughs> um, but it, it was uh, just this kind of beautiful lyrical kind of speaking. And, uh, and then there was dancing and uh, I just, I thought it was so cool to be able to experience this um, religious ceremony um, and be able to see how other people worship. Uh, it was about 20 minutes. And um, and then afterwards they gave us a little <clears throat> snack and uh, it was, it was really great. I don't know. What did you all think of it? I thought it was very unique, very interesting. Um I, I liked watching the, I don't know if they call them the, the priests or their head, head of the, the shrine. Um, because I, I remember the guides telling us, depending on the um, notoriety of the shrine and the size of the shrine, the head of that shrine um, has different, uh, different positions. So you could tell that this was a bigger shrine and that this head priest was kind of high up there. So it was interesting to see him lead this ceremony. It was really cool. I, I appreciated um, how the, the ceremony itself and how, you know, different religions are and can be, but how much they're uh, amazingly alike as well. Um, it, it was, it, it felt very like, like an honor to be there and to witness this. Um, they do, they do know that some adventurers may not want to participate. So they do allow the choice for you. And I think every single one of us, um, went in for this and I, I'm really glad I did. I'm glad I had that experience and it goes back to that culture piece again, that, that I'm so drawn to. It was, yeah, it was an amazing experience. Very spiritual. Um, I've never seen anything like that before. And I'm so glad we were able to see that because that's so unique and yeah, I felt quite humble actually, because, they were offering it to us, as Megan said. You know, as a um, help, as a kind of tribute for us in that respect. But it was so, it was so off the cuff. I've never seen anything like that. And to be part of that and see it front, you know, visually in there, right in front of you, was unbelievable. I loved it. It was great. It was another great day and another good way to almost finish off our kind of trip um, to see such a thing like that. Yeah, well worth it. Well, well done. I hope they do it for everyone else because it's such a worthwhile seeing thing to see. Yeah, I was fascinated. <clears throat> excuse me about how uh, Buddhism and and Shintoism we we came to learn sort of coexist, and, and you can actually um, subscribe to both religions at at the same time. But to be able to sort of bring it home by watching 
it's one thing to visit a shrine and sort of walk through and hear somebody talk about it, but to actually watch a ceremony, even if you don't understand what's being said and mm-hmm. and <clears throat> excuse me, just um the 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 ritual and the symbolism uh you're right it it felt like a privilege to be able to see it because I don't think we would have been able to do that um otherwise it felt like everything was being put in harmony it was so well mm-hmm. balanced and I just loved that that spiritual feeling and um it was very uplifting I loved it it was really nice and it wasn't just there too if you remember uh several days back when we were at the um at the shrine on the island where the family with the little boy uh, was being blessed and we could watch that as well. And another thing that I keep forgetting about is that they would give us the coin. And if we wanted to, we could go and, and actually take part in that as well and put the coin in and do our, the clapping and the bowing and um, which I found just amazing to, to take part in. Yeah. We, we, we sort of failed to mention that we did that at all of the, the shrines and temples and learned about the hand washing and the importance and the symbol of it, the symbolism of it as well. Um, I think we had time on our own that day before our our final meal um, at Hapoen, um, which was it was nice. But sort of we sort of walked through um, this this sort of moonlit uh, Japanese garden and, and koi pond um, for our final meal and a Daruma doll painting activity and sort of learning that the symbolism of the Daruma doll and, and just how um, untalented artistically a lot of us really are, which is in, also a humbling experience. Um, and it was funny to uh, hear people from the group talk about the memories of their trip. And as, as we were watching the recap video, which James and Tomomi had put together, you know, as the trip was going on, so much time and so many experiences have passed. I'm like, oh my God, I almost forgot about that. I almost forgot about, you know, this moment because – there was so much that was packed into our 11 days, 10 days, 11 nights, whatever it was. Uh, I know our adventures didn't end, but our adventure by Disney per se did. If you guys had to look back, Megan, BJ, then Ali, then Martin and Becky, if you had to look back on one moment, one experience, one meal, one aspect of the trip that if you close your eyes and think about the ABD, that's the first thing that, that you think of or the thing that sticks with you most, what do you think it could be? And if it's a meal, that's perfectly acceptable. Don't be embarrassed. I'm sorry, but I'm going to go back to the, the first day. I, everything there kind of set everything up for the rest because we had the meal. We all got to know each other. It was a beautiful scenery from that, from that place as well. And it just started off what was going to be a wonderful experience and it carried on from there on. And the bar, to be honest, never dropped really. That was such a great high bar anyway. Um, but every experience after that, so it's quite hard to say one because I actually still find enough still dream about some of them because I, I, I wake up <laughs> going, where am I? It's just like what morning, you know, drift to put the luggage out quick. Um, and it's because it was so um, eventful and so memorable. Um, I'm still in, kind of soaking it all up and, you know, registering it all basically because there's so much to see in 10 days it was it's hard to say one but i I, that day was brilliant i loved it for me it was the river cruise i i just was so in awe of uh that part of japan and the beauty of japan so just sort of reflecting back on what we did the river cruise was just a you know a highlight for me 
Yeah, I I think just that whole that whole day with the with the taiko and the bento box and the river cruise and then the food tour of Osaka. I, I keep saying to people who asked us how our trip was, is it, it, we kind of fit a month worth of sightseeing mm-hmm. in two mm-hmm. weeks. We were, I mean, it was a, a nonstop pace, but I'm so glad we did because we were able to see so much. Um, but if I had to pick one thing, I'll go food. And mine was the Okonomiyaki night. <laughs> so good. And I know we've actually come home and tried to recreate it. <laughs> Not quite there yet, but I'm committed. So my favorite time was um, our free time in Chiricahua Go. Um, that was the halfway point of our trip. And I think that location just had it all for me. The nature, the culture, the food. Um, that was the only time when I FaceTimed my parents so they could see that town because I knew that just sending them a picture wouldn't quite do it because I just thought that town was so beautiful. Um and I was reflecting on like the past couple of days. I knew the next couple of days would be amazing. So that was a very memorable moment for me. Becky. One. 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 Just one. I'm <sighs> the trains, the bamboo forest. No, 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 the trains man before forest the crossing itch, but it's one and, um at the people for me <laughs> just you've oh, hit your mic i i didn't do that you muted yourself go ahead <laughs> the people the cat actually i'll, I'll fill that. here i'll fill in for you hold on no I'll mute, stop let me mute you again. stop the stop. people at the peninsula hotel waiting on me hand and foot <laughs> is really the part of the thing that becky enjoyed most the mute wow would you stop muting me <laughs> stop it seriously <laughs> thank you the mute button is a very dangerous thing for Lumangelo, much like being carried up a mountain um, <laughs> being met by an incline up a hill um for me it's the people it's the the warmth the politeness uh, their their enthusiasm to share, to share their culture, to share their food, to share their experiences, to to make sure that you have that you're a guest in their house and that you have the best possible time. I mean, yeah, you don't tip them, um, but yet for them, it's pride of of their culture. And I, you know, from grandma to the hotel staff to the um, to the rickshaw driver, I, I just, I remember faces and smiles and conversations. And even when you didn't have anything in common, you could point and say that, and, and you would get smiles and nods. And, um, I just really felt such a warmth from the people of Japan. And I will always cherish those memories. You know, when I said that I, before I went, that I had loved the culture and the people, it, it was um, on an exponential level. Um, my, my feelings and my love for this country were, were um, grew so much because I have a better understanding of where that comes from, right? When we talked and learned about how the children are taught from a young age to serve one, literally to serve one another 
in school. When it's time for lunch, they get up and they get food and they serve other people and they clean each other's tables in the classrooms and in the lunchroom. How it's something that's ingrained in the entire culture makes me understand why the service level there is is one that is just inherent in everybody. Um, the respect that the Japanese people have for each other and for their environment, um, they seem to sort of give with no expectation of anything in return. It's just being polite and being nice and, and you know – my parents used to teach me all about respect as a kid. I'm like, ah, respect, respect. Like, I get it now as an adult, and I see that, and that level of respect that they have. Look, I, I wave the American flag hard, man. I, I love this country to death. I would I would die for it. But I think we can learn a lot from the Japanese in terms of service, in terms of culture, in terms of respect for one another and how we treat one another and how we treat our our individual as well as our collective environments. I don't, never felt that anything that I experienced was because I was a tourist. I was just able to pay witness to the way the country operates and the way people treat one another. And yeah, it's maybe something as simple as at a restaurant or at a crosswalk or, you know, holding the door for somebody. Um, it's remarkable. It, it is remarkable. I, and I, Again, I mean this with all due respect. I think we can learn a lot from um, the Japanese. In terms of my favorite moment, Martin, like you, if I close my eyes, I go back to that first day. And maybe it was that that giddiness, that excitement of being there. Yeah. But um, I fell in love with Kyoto. And as I told my family, not just as an excuse, but really this was a reconnaissance mission – because I'm already planning to go back. Like I'm planning, I'm I'm thinking about maybe taking them back next summer. This was a great way for me to say, I want to go here. I want to do this again. They need to see this. Maybe we can skip the seaside lunch. Uh, maybe we don't have to do that. Um, you know, I fell in love with Kyoto and I have friends who have visited and have lived here before and were like, I thought you would. And, and it, it absolutely, um, it exceeded all of my expectations, um, you know, as as sort of far off as Takayama was, like, I think it's worth going to visit my day and that afternoon that I spent sort of wandering those streets and going to that antique store and happening on a restaurant, not because somebody told me or I looked on on Yelp, but I looked in the window and I saw the people, come, you know, going in and coming out and, and taking some of those little risks Um it was a remarkable experience, and it it's due in large part to you guys um, and everybody on the trip as well, too. Um, I certainly wouldn't have had um, a, as good a time had you guys not been there. Uh, I do want to quickly just touch, because we, we've talked about Tokyo's Disneyland and Disney Sea uh, back on show 503, um, but everybody, every single person on the Adventures by Disney added on a trip to Tokyo. Nobody went to the airport. We're like, we're here. We're going to Disney. Um, was this all of your first trip to Tokyo Disneyland and Disney City? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, 
in it, without sort of going through, because we just sort of were on our own and did our own things, although we rode a lot together, we ate a lot together, we shared popcorn together. Meg, BJ, and I, like, you guys were so kind to me. We spent um, a morning together our last day. We ate our way through Tokyo Disneyland like there was nobody's business. Um Give me your Megan, BJ, and then Allie, and then Martin. Give me your your thoughts or impressions or, or feelings about Tokyo Disneyland and see. Oh goodness, that's hard. There's so much. Um, you know, I think I'll start with Tokyo Disneyland because it it looks really familiar, right? Like I think as all of the Disneylands around the world look, um, and there's a lot of things that you would expect there. There's some uh, special attractions in that park. Um, the food is really, really great though. And what I'll say is because it was during Halloween, they had a lot of Halloween themed snacks that uh, were either shaped like Halloween things or had little Halloween bond on it. Uh, uh, and then, but I will say um, this was our um, Tokyo Disneyland and Tokyo Disney Sea were our 11th and 12th parks. So we've now been to all of the Disney parks and my goodness, walking into Tokyo Disney sea was just absolutely jaw dropping. Um, I, I didn't really know what to expect and it far exceeded expectations. I, even with three days there, I feel like we just barely skimmed the surface of that park. Yeah, I totally agree. I, that park was particularly incredible. The, the rides, the scale of it, everything about that park, um, was was just on a different level, including the cleanliness. I always thought that <laughs> Disney, uh, the the Disney parks elsewhere were super clean. Uh, but again, this this might be a, a a cultural moment where this was an incredibly clean park. Both the Disneyland Tokyo and Disney Sea were incredibly clean, even cleaner than what we see in. Uh, other Disney parks. And I think that has to do with, I mean, we saw, uh, we saw uh, people cleaning up after themselves. If they were to, if they were to drop something, guests would be, would be cleaning it up. And, and it was the the result of which is just an amazingly clean experience. And uh, I've not seen anything like it anywhere. Yeah, we dropped some popcorn when we were eating with Lou, remember? And we bent down and picked it up because I'm like, I don't want to be that person that leaves trash. Nobody else was. And we, as the Americans, should not have. And so, yeah, we we had to pick that up. And And I um, wasn't going to let you waste all that good popcorn, too. So, (laughs) And I'll just say one more thing. Maple pumpkin churro. Right? That's it. it. I mean, that was probably one of the highlights was with those maple pumpkin churros. Right, Becky? Yeah, right. <laughs> Worth waiting in line for, apparently. They certainly were. So I actually dropped some popcorn in the parks and a little Japanese girl picked it up and I let her eat it because that park was so clean. I figured she'd be fine eating it off the ground. It's true. It's true. <laughs> But um, I was in awe of both parks. Every ride I rode that was similar to something I'd been on, either um, Disney World, Disneyland, Disneyland Paris, was either um, on par with the other rides or better. There was nothing that was was done subpar to anything in the other parks. Um, and as far as their theming in all the lands, I think, just think of Disney World without a budget. I think they kind of, 
the best of all the parks and just made them better. Um, and all their original rides were outstanding. Um, just so creative, um, you know, and the Japanese people really get into a lot of the characters there and just walking around, seeing them dressed up um, and all the plushes and accessories they had. It was just phenomenal. Yeah. Oh, where do we start? I mean, I've, I've only got Hong Kong to go now. I've done every other park and, but Disney sea was, wow, that was brill. I walked in there, my jaw dropped and it was incredible. The, the, the theming is amazing. There's so much in there. You can spend days looking at everything. There's so much to see. They've really put some effort into everything they've done. It's clean, as you said, guys. But it's also that it's got 20,000 leagues, which was like, oh, this is great. The only annoyance thing for me was I went into the shop wanting to buy some 20,000 league stuff and there wasn't anything. It was yeah. just, no, come on, theme. Um, that was the only damn you know, drop of the kind of standards there because it, it could do with those little elements to help it. But the rest of the parks and the food, I had the uh, tortilla hot dog, chili hot dog with uh, cheese. And I had that naan bread, was it long naan curry bread? Um, I tried anything and everything, strawberry cheese, uh, strawberry popcorn. Yeah, let's have a go. We'll have a try it because it's just such a, a wonderful, like you said, clean place, wonderful people, so much um, uh, thought has been put into it. They're, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they're they're oh, very, very helpful. If you even, you know, just say a few little words of Japanese, they're, they're, they're so helpful. They're all, I say, I've got so many pictures with them in cosplay. Um, and they're so friendly, you know, so I, I'm sure it was my charm. I don't know if it was, but you know, there was lots of, I was getting lots of pictures. It was great fun. My wife was going, how did you do that? I said, I didn't have to do anything really. They just love it. They're just brilliant. You know? Um, so I had the magical time and that was amazing. When you think about it, just finishing off doing a whole tour of Japan and then you go to Tokyo, Disneyland, Disney sea. And honestly, that's why it's taken so long to re, you know, register and soak up everything that we did because that's, two, three, four holidays all in one. So many things we saw in one go. And I think, like you said, Lou, you're going to go solo um, to Japan. I'm so glad I did it with Adventures by Disney. There were quite a few things I would not have done my on my own. I would not have had the courage probably to do some of them or the, the effort in some ways. And to be pushed to do those extra elements is just, it's just awesome. And then to head at the end of it, all of us going to Tokyo, Disneyland, and Disney Sea, um, and the hotel. I love the, the private garden at the back. Yeah. I just, I was an all night opening up and seeing the monorail, but the beautiful monorail going past you went, hi, you know, it's just so <laughs> good to see everybody there and everybody waves. You say, it's just one of the most brilliant memories and brilliant holidays I've ever had. Thank you very much for everyone for being there for you all wonderful. It was a great time and so hard to kind of just put one bit to it. So it was just brilliant. There you go. That's my last word. It was brilliant. Now the churros may have been good, but the little green alien <laughs> mochi was the best. And thank you, Megan BJ, for surprising us with those because I didn't think I was going to get them. Those were amazing. Um, one thing I do want to mention, though, is that some most of the group did the official add-on to um, to Adventures by Disney. And I'll I will be the first that, to stand up and say, you know what? I don't know if if that I mean it was it was priced pretty high to stay there at the Disneyland um, hotel, but the package that they gave us, um, it for anybody who's wondering if they should add on the package from Disney, 
uh, to the Adventures by Disney if you go? The answer is yes. It, it is. It seems overpriced at the at the beginning, but what you get, um, everything is included from your pass to go on the monorail because that does cost money there. Um, your park hoppers are included, which you don't normally get park hoppers unless you go on a certain day. Uh, you also get fast passes, which are like gold in those parks. And uh, I, I think that that made the experience for us and allowed us to experience things that we may not have been able to experience in the short amount of time we were there. So I know that Lou, when you and I went last time, we were only there for, I think it was four nights. Um, and we still didn't feel like we saw everything and did everything. And we didn't have the, the benefit of, um, of the fast passes that we had. I was only there for one day this time. You were there for two it, without that, we may not have been able to see what we did. And oh, so yeah. I, I'm just kind of putting it out there that if you do this trip and you do uh, an Adventures by Disney to Japan and you're questioning whether it's worth it, is the value worth it to do that add-on as a package, my advice is hands down, <clears throat> yes. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. Uh, and again, I won't I won't sort of go in, into a lot of detail because we did talk about it in on show 503. Um, I still... Um, I still feel that Tokyo Disneyland, specifically Disney Sea, is the best of the best of the best. Um, Ali, you're right. If it's what happens when you give Imagineering unlimited budget and they say go, just go, take anything. It doesn't have to be Disney IP. Take you know, take Jules Verne, take Journey to the Center of the Earth, take all these different things and just have at it. Look, it's the only place on the planet where I would say that the queue of an attraction. Out, it beats the attraction itself. If you go to Tokyo Disney Sea, just go to the queue. Blow off a sore in the attraction. <laughs> just go to the queue. I have never, amazing. ever yeah. seen anything like that wow. in my life. Um, it, just that. to give you a, yeah. a, if you remember the Captain Jack Sparrow experience at Disney's Hollywood Studios, where there was that image of Captain Jack. That seemed like he was almost there in three dimension. Take that and on an exponentially higher level to have that character. There's a there's a character that comes to life in the queue. It is the most remarkable piece of technology I have ever seen. Yeah. Megan BJ, you guys figured out that you could actually just hang out in the queue and we watch did. different versions multiple times. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Smart. Yeah, I, did, I mean I did the that's same. a an indication of what is to come with Disney of being able to see something in 3d, but not wear 3d glasses. Yeah. Uh, I cannot wait to see what's coming. I'm really glad we did that because there was a moment where I think we were thinking, Oh, it's just the same Soren. It's just going to end in a different park, but then it became no, no, look, there's a four hour wait time for this. So we luckily had those fast passes and, just walking in, it was like, wait a minute, this is not normal. And then there's all the SEA stuff everywhere in there too that got me all excited. So, and and you still didn't pull down one of the SEA banners and hide it for me. No. <laughs> and look, and the other thing to realize too is when you go to Disneyland and or Disney Sea, it not only is it culturally acceptable, but I think it's encouraged to have popcorn for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> um, Chinese curry popcorn at nine o'clock in the morning is. Ab- and if you dig popcorn buckets, man, they got them in spades. Um, the tangled, light-up, glowing popcorn bucket, oh, and so the other so ones cool. are just um, 
incredible. Look, I can't say enough good things. Uh, Tokyo Disney Sea is my favorite park, far and away. And I only wish I had more time just to sort of of wander. Uh, and, and Becky, to your point about the ABD, you know, I thought about this a lot before, during, and and after the trip. Because look, uh, let's be honest, the Adventures by Disney as a whole, especially a trip like this is not going to be the least expensive trip or tour that you can take. Um, that being said, I still felt that there was incredible value. And I, and I, and I ran the numbers a little bit. I sort of, you know, ran some, some relatively fuzzy numbers and with all the meals that were included, the quality of accommodations, all the transfers, including first class on the, the bullet train, which makes a difference, all the different experiences unique to the ABD and otherwise, as well as some of the other things that you can't necessarily do outside the ABD, um, I, I felt like it was a great value. Like I, I certainly feel like you get your – you absolutely get what you pay for with it. And I, I think there's there's certain intangible things like having – when I call it the Disney bubble, it's sort of you, I think you know what I mean, sort of having that Disney experience laid on top because of the guides, because of you have that almost insurance policy and that comfort level because it's Disney that I don't think I would have anywhere else. Um, you know, I felt like I had gotten you feel like you get the value of it from from the day that you get there and just the way that it the experience is handled from stem to stern uh my question for you guys is having been on your first or multiple adventures by disney is it something you would do again there's a method to my madness i'm going somewhere go with me here would you do an adventure by disney again yes yes (laughs) (laughs) yes so is there is there somewhere that would be on your adventure by disney bucket list for me, it'd be uh, Egypt. I, I just heard that they uh, had one, and one of our uh, David from from our trip is and, and Amber are, are going to be on in Egypt. One that sounds incredible. I may have already looked at online and looking at the South Africa trip wow. with the three day safari. Oh. <laughs> I haven't looked yet. <laughs> still, still recovering. But I just said to the wife, yeah, we'll do it. You know, it's something worthwhile because it's so amazing. Um, you're right. The tour, having tour guides as well, guiding you everywhere. Just fantastic. Yeah. I will say that that Egypt is, as I look over at my notes, uh, Egypt is one that I had written there as well. Because like China and Japan, it's someplace I probably wouldn't go without and Adventures by Disney, not just any tour group, but but an Adventures by Disney. Um, I think we've already sort of informally announced that we'll be doing Italy. Becky, close your ears because I'm going to sort of say, you know, maybe <laughs> well, in – You're right. Maybe in, you know, if I was to say early 2021, it probably wouldn't be that far off. Ish. I cannot confirm nor deny if Correct. I already have a, <laughs> <Correct>. <laughs> a um, inquiry and in going for that one. And um, and who knows? Maybe there's even a domestic Adventures by Disney because I think sometimes people don't realize that that Disney does uh, Adventures by Disney throughout the U.S. We've done Backstage Magic, but they don't just go to Disneyland. And maybe there's a, and I think Megan Bj, you've been part of some of those conversations in terms of some of the other domestic, you know, 
uh, West that you know we might be thinking about. I didn't say anything. I cannot confirm nor deny what else I've been talking to them about. Um, but I, I listen. I, I I'm not kidding when I say first of all thank you. Um, not just for your incredible um, generosity and time tonight, but this really was the trip I've waited my entire life for. And I, I put a lot on myself in terms of what I was hoping this trip was going to be. And it was my expectations, however high they were, were were vastly exceeded, not just because it was an adventure by Disney, but because of you guys. Um, had I gone by myself, it would have been much different, certainly. But to go with friends, even friends like Allie, like I had never met before and I've never vacationed with Martin before. Um, you guys are the ones who helped create such incredible memories and I will forever, I will keep this trip in my heart and mind forever and I'm incredibly grateful to all of you for doing that. As well as Becky Mankin from MEI and Mouse Fan Travel, without <laughs> whom this vacation could not have happened. Um, but look, I know that there's a lot of work that goes into it too and, and we might give each other a lot of grief but we have a lot of fun on these things too. So um, Even in the pre-planning, even in the discussions and the pre-planning and the post-planning and all the other stuff that we have to sit down and talk about what may be coming next or the next trip that we are getting on in how many days (laughs) (laughs) so um Thank all of you guys so very much. Um, thank all of you listening. I'd love to know, you know, where you would like to go um, as a group uh, with Adventures by Disney, because I think um, hopefully we're all in agreement that that these types of trips are definitely better when they are shared and experienced with friends, whether it's an Absolutely. ABD or a cruise or a trip anywhere. Um, it makes it, it truly does make it more magical. So. Thank you for the gift that you guys gave me of, of being there and helping to make this such a, a memorable couple of weeks for me. Well, thanks for pulling us all together because this has been amazing to adventure with some of you for the first time and some of you for multiple times. And Lou, if it wasn't for you pulling us all together, we wouldn't have had this magical, amazing experience. So thank you. It was a once in a lifetime experience. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Lou and Becky. Thank you, guys, everyone, because it was wonderful. It was real. Yeah, and without all these people, we wouldn't have pictures of the women carrying you up the hill. (laughs) Or you on the bus. (laughs) Would you guys go back to Japan? Would you you guys, having been there once, would you go back again? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've already looked at flights. Need to go back, yes. Yeah. We were not supposed to leave. Yes, we were. We have to go back, Kate. We have to go back! For our Walt Disney World trivia question of the week, I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World history or see how well you pay attention to the details, sometimes in what you see or hear, maybe even taste. If you think you know the answer, you can enter via our online form for a chance to win a Disney prize package. Of course, before we get to this week's question, we're going to go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So last week and this week, obviously it had to be Japan-related and food-related because I ate my way through that wonderful country, and I wanted to keep it simple 
and delicious. So your question last week was to tell me, what is the name of the quick service stand on the World Showcase Promenade in Japan that serves the oh-so-very-delicious kakigori and sushi and Japanese sodas, beers, and sake? First, thank you and congratulations to the hundreds of you who entered, got this one correct, and know that the answer is the Kabuki Cafe. All right, let me get this straight. A man in a kabuki mask attacked you with an army of miniature flying robots. Microbots. Microbots? Yeah, he was controlling them telepathically with a neurocranial transmitter. So Mr. Kabuki was using ESP to attack you and Balloon Man. And if you've never had the kakigori or the sushi or the sake and have been in Walt Disney World in the summer, trust me, stop there. I promise you, it's worth the visit. Anyway, again, thanks to the hundreds of you who entered. Got this one correct. Last week, you were playing for all of my digital products, which include all seven of my virtual audio walking tours of Magic Kingdom, the secrets, history, details, and stories, still available, by the way, for just $10 on the WW Radio site or available on iTunes. And you're also playing for my 102 Ways to Save Money for that Walt Disney World book, a WW Radio vinyl sticker, a pop socket, a t-shirt, and because it's Japan and I came back from Japan with stuff for you, I'm throwing in a mystery prize from Japan. So last week's winner, randomly selected, is Yasinia Morales. So Yasinia, congratulations. I think I'm pronouncing your name correctly. Uh, I You use the online form, so I have your shipping information. I will get your prize package out to you right away. If you played last week and didn't win, that's okay, because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. So right after Japan, I went to London for my very first time to speak at a conference and, of course, spend some time doing a little bit of touring of the city. But, of course, this week's question has to go from Japan to the UK, the pavilion, not the country. And speaking of the promenade, the tea caddy shop on the promenade in the UK pavilion is based on the childhood home of Anne Hathaway. And you might be saying, that's great, Mangello, but who is Anne Hathaway? Well, your question this week is to tell me. She was the wife of what famous Brit? That's it. Tell me, who was Anne Hathaway the wife of? You have until Sunday, November 24th at 11.59 p.m., to go to www.radio.com, click on this week's podcast, use the form there, and again, you're playing for the same group of prizes, the book, the audio tours, the vinyl sticker, the pop socket, and another mystery prize from Japan. So good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you so very much for taking the time to tune in this and every week. Thanks as well for following along on my recent adventures in Japan and last week in London. The adventures are not over yet because this coming week, November 18th through the 22nd, I will be on a very merry time cruise on the Disney Dream, and I want to take you with me virtually, of course. So I will be live on Facebook as well as sharing photos on with in the Facebook group at www.radio.com slash community as well as on my Instagram. I'll be doing a lot of stories, posting pictures there. I'm at instagram.com slash lumangelo. I would love for you to join me and share in the food, festivities, fun, and food. I know I said food twice. Obviously, I'm hungry. Plus, with the live show, you can also tell me what you'd like to see, cover, review, and do. 
Again, please be sure to turn on notifications in the Facebook group at www.radio.com slash community and follow along with me on Instagram at instagram.com slash lumangelo. Speaking of community, huge thanks to you. I built the clubhouse. You are the one who populates it and invites your friends. Thank you so very much for doing that, being part of the conversation and creating such a wonderful place where everyone is so welcoming and friendly. And speaking of community and family, I want to say huge thanks to everybody who is part of our WW Radio Nation family, including some new members like Kimberly Linkletter, Aaron Morgan, Gwyn Cornell, Michelle Hull, William Zeiss, Joseph Charnus, Angela Jones, and Kevin Cooper. I appreciate you being part of this wonderful and incredibly supportive family. And if you want to find out how you can not only help the show and be part of the nation, but get exclusive rewards every month, including scavenger hunts, access to a private Facebook group, magic band covers, logo gear, t-shirts, backpack, care packages from Walt Disney World, as well as monthly live video group calls, early access and discounts to special events, and lots more. You can visit www.radionation.com. And please don't forget, while this is obviously completely optional, it's a great way for you to help show your support of the show, and more importantly, Please remember that a portion of the, of the proceeds of your contributions do go to our Dream Team project to benefit the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America. Again, to find out more, be part of the nation, visit www.radionation.com. Again, speaking of community, this show is for, by, and with you, so I would love to hear from you. If you, have a, if you want to comment on anything we talked about on this or a past episode, again, the conversation takes place in our community at the Facebook group at www.radio.com slash community. I'd love to hear from you. If you want to be on the air, call the voicemail at 407-900-9391. That's 407-900-WDW1. Or email me with a question that I can answer on the show, lou at www.radio.com. And of course, while I love connecting with you online, nothing beats a handshake and a hug, whether it's in the parks or on the road or in the UK. Thanks to so many of you who came out to the UK, to the Feathers, downtown London. We had such an amazing time this past week for my first ever on-the-road meetup in the UK. You are so warm and so welcoming and so friendly. It was great to see old friends and make new ones, and you all made me feel so very much at home. So thank you so very much. Stay tuned for our next Meet of the Month in December, as well as our annual meetup during Marathon Weekend in January. The best way to find out about these events and what else is coming is by visiting our events page at www.radio.com slash events. Even better, you can also get them delivered right to your inbox by subscribing to our free newsletter. Just go to www.radio.com slash news. Sign up for our weekly email updates. And also stay tuned. I'll be announcing other meetups, not just in Walt Disney World, but on the road as I travel to speak. I've already mentioned that I will be speaking again in Social Media Marketing World in March in San Diego, California, as well as the following week in Catania, Italy, in Sicily, for an event I've spoken at many times in the past called TBEX, Travel Bloggers Exchange. Again, if you go to Facebook.com slash as well as I think I posted in the Box People group, you'll find a link to both of those events. And if I could maybe come to speak to your event or to your conference or to your school, you can visit lumangelo.com. There, there you can also find out how I can help you turn what you love into what you do with speaking, mentoring, events, masterminds, etc. I'll also be sharing information about my Momentum Weekend Workshop and Retreat in Walt Disney World in the next week or so, so definitely stay tuned. 
Thanks, as always, to Becky Mankin and the entire team at Mouse Fan Travel, not just for an amazing time on our adventures by Disney, but all they have done for me and for you for more than 11 years. Look, it's who I use, which is why it's who I recommend to you to trust your vacation, whether it's a Disney destination or any other location around the planet. The entire team at Mouse Fan Travel is there for you to give you the best possible prices, all available discounts, and it all comes at no cost to you. You can visit them over at mousefantravel.com. And as always, my friend, and you, you are my friend, whether we have met yet or not, and you continue to demonstrate that week after week, month after month, year after year. And if you like the show, and I hope that you do, all I ask is that you please help spread the word. Tweet out that you're listening. Share a link on Facebook. Please rate and review the show over on iTunes. It is incredibly helpful. It takes just 30 seconds. I want to thank some recent reviewers like The Shaggy Freak. It's your name. I didn't give it to you. He says, I'm not a fan. I'm part of a family. I dig this one already. The Shaggy Freak goes on to say, WW Radio is a lot more than your typical podcast. It's the show to listen to if you're into all things Disney. There's no doubt about that because what really brings me back for each episode is the sense of community that Lewis helped shepherd into existence. You might consider yourself a fan after listening to a few episodes, but that quickly transforms into a feeling of family. And I'm proud to be a part of that. Shaggy Freak, you're getting me choked up. You ex- absolutely embody and exemplify what I have been saying for years. And and you're right. Um, I built the clubhouse. You are the ones who populated. You are the ones who create this amazing sense of community and you're right family, which is exactly how I want you to feel. Jason Welch 365 says it's a great find in the sea of podcasts. Lose an energetic and genuine host that works hard to create a podcast that really puts you back into the Disney magic while you listen. I've really enjoyed listening to both the current and past shows and listen in on someone as fired up as Disney as our family is. Great stuff indeed. April Fool 3 says, Lou's amazing. It's my favorite podcast. Thank you, Lou, for what you put out in the world. I appreciate you. April Fool, I appreciate you. Right back at you. And Scuba Steve 1622 says, It's a little taste at Disney. If you can't be at the park, or if you can, one of the best hours or two of your day will be this podcast. Lou embodies the spirit of Disney. I've listened to well over 100 episodes in the past year and always find myself wanting more. It's a must if you love Disney. Well, Scuba Steve, April Fool, Jason Welch, and Shaggy Freak, I love and appreciate you so very much. Again, just search for WW Radio in iTunes or visit www.radio.com slash iTunes for a link and instructions on how to rate and review the show. And finally, and most importantly, thank you, thank you, thank you. I I cannot tell you how much I appreciate you and the fact that you take the time to tune in and listen. I I mean it when I say that I understand how valuable your time is. It's a commodity that we cannot make more of. It's one that we cannot get back. And that the, the fact that you choose to spend and share it with me every week via the show and the community and Facebook Live means the world to me. You have literally changed the direction and the focus and the amount of happiness in my life. And I want to help you do the same. So if there is some way that I can do it, let me know. Um, Because remember, you need to be the person, not that you think the one that you were born to be. You need to be the person that you want to be. You have given me that gift. And if there's some way that I can help you become the person you want to be, please let me know how. Email me. Connect with me on social, go to lumangelo.com um, and let me know how I can reciprocate in any way. Most importantly, I hope that this is your best week ever. Savor 
every second. So until next time, thank you. See ya. Hey, Lou. It's Christine Morrison, Flowertown, PA. I am just touching base with you guys. I know you're in Japan and you're posting such wonderful things. Um, I hope you guys are having a wonderful time. I just got back from my um, Disney trip, and I did call you guys from down there. Um, I had a really, really great time doing a lot of exploring, checking some things off my bucket list. Um, and honestly, in eight days, I went on three rides. So <laughs> still had a wonderful time exploring, eating, and um, I love the whole Epcot Resort area. It's my new favorite thing. I stayed at the Yacht Club, got spoiled. Um, but I did figure out a trick that I'm not sure if anybody else knows. I'm sure somebody does. But if you're staying in that resort area, it really is one of the only resort areas where if you're using the bus system and you're leaving a park and you miss your, say you miss your Yacht Beach Club bus, you can always grab the Swan and Dolphin or the Boardwalk bus because they're all so close together um, that you can just walk from one resort to the other. And I did that several times. Um, so I'm really good at missing the bus. Anyway, um, that's a good little trick, and it saves you some time, possibly, did me. So have a wonderful day, everybody. It is Wednesday here in Pennsylvania, and it is 51 degrees out, but it is sunny, and I'm doing my rounds, um, and I'm going to put out all my Halloween decorations. I'm excited. Have a great day. Make somebody smile. Talk to you all later. See you in the box. Bye-bye. Hello, hey, this is Vinny from Pennsylvania, calling me from Tokyo Disneyland. Yep, I missed you by one day, uh, but that's okay. Uh, enjoying it anyway while I'm here. So, uh, calling you from Royal Street. Uh, yeah, having a good time here. So, hope you uh, enjoyed your uh, trip, and see you uh, in the box. Hello, Lou Mangello. This is Gabby Naldo from Columbia, Maryland, calling you from the Mark Twain Riverboat. I am here in Magic Kingdom spending my last day um, here in Orlando. I was here for a work conference. Shout out to any nurses out there. Um, and, yeah, just spending the rest of my afternoon here in the Magic Kingdom before I head home tonight. I know you're all in Japan enjoying your adventures by Disney, so safe travels, have fun, eat lots of amazing food, and I will hopefully see you and others at um, Wine and Dine Running Weekend. Alrighty, talk to you later. Bye-bye. Hey, Lou. Evan Chasen from Massachusetts. How you doing, my friend? Just listened to your episode about the top greatest Epcot moment, and I think for me, my top Epcot moment just happened this past year. We were on a trip in January with my wife and my nine-month-old son, and I finally got to watch Illuminations with him. Illuminations has been my favorite show since I've been going to Disney World. And I was so happy to share that experience with him, even though he might not remember it as a nine-month-old. But that is something that I'll take with me 
and cherish forever. Period. Hey, Lou. Brendan Morgan from Kingsport, Tennessee, sitting down at the boathouse with my wife on our final day here at Disney Springs. We're getting ready to hit the road, but you suggested it so much, I figured this was a place we had to eat. Thank you so much for what you do, and it was a pleasure listening to you on the way down. Can't wait to listen to you on the way back up. Bye. Okay, sorry. My name is Christopher Recupero. I didn't realize your little thing was uh, it got cut off eventually. Hopefully, my last voicemail went through. If not, I was surprised. I'll just recap for a second. I was surprised you never mentioned the egg rolls in Adventureland. And then, as I was saying near the end, there are other things that I want to talk to you about. And, like, I, I, I want to pick your brain on some things because I'm thinking about eventually moving to Disney because I love Disney and everything. But um, I have to put everything on a piece of paper and get all my thoughts together before I talk to you about it. Uh, yeah, so, um, I mean, I don't really know how this works, um, I mean, maybe one day I'll contact you, because I saw on your website, you can contact through, like, typing, an email typing, and maybe I'll provide my, uh, phone number so that I can, like, uh, kind of hit up with you and kind of, we can collect Disney minds because it's always great to find someone so passionate about Disney like that I am. And there's, like, so many fan Disney bases out there that you can connect with nowadays. So, um, so I really had to say. I was just trying to recap from my, my last one, which I just sent about, like, a minute ago. So, I mean, as I always like to say, as Disney says it, have a magical day, Lou Mangiello. Mangiello. Lou Mangiello. I almost pronounced your name wrong. Wow. Have a magical day. Hello, Mr. Lou Mangiello. My name is Christopher Cupero, and I am a big Disney fan and all, and I am a big fan of you. I've been wanting to listen to your podcast for a long time now, and now recently I've been decided to, well, deciding to get into the podcast. So I decided that I'm going to, before I listen to yours every week regularly, go back into your archives and listen to all your shows that uh, seem to interest me. And I love your top tens with uh, Little Timmy, Foster. And uh, recently, it's from uh, this summer, you did a two-part. First time you ever did a two-parter for a top ten on the little top ten little things we missed at Walt Disney World. And um, I was very upset that there was one that wasn't included because first time I went back to Walt Disney World after it was gone, I was very upset that it was gone. And this is in one of the parks. I'm going to take you to Adventureland in Magic Kingdom. So I don't know how long it was there for or whatever, but right outside of the Swiss uh, the, the Swiss Family Robinson house, well, tree house, there was this little cart, and it was the egg roll cart. And the fact that you love food so much, I mean, maybe you don't like egg rolls or something, I don't know, or maybe it just slips your mind. But the fact that you didn't say egg rolls, like every time I was waiting for you to say the egg rolls in Adventureland, and then when you're like, oh, yeah, food's not going to really top my list too much. And, 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 and then 
I get to the end of the second part, and you never said the egg rolls in Adventureland. I'm like, bro, come on, that was great. Like, every time I freaking went into the Magic Kingdom, especially because I was a Disney camp member there, I did the Disney College program, when I went there, and I was just going for a little bit, and I just wanted a snack. I go right to Adventureland as I'm playing my Sorcerer of the Magic Kingdom, and I, I would be eating the egg roll from the egg roll cart. So I, I, <laughs> I'm just cracking up because I know how much you love food and, like, just how heated I got every time you didn't say that. <laughs> I mean, they were, like, the best darn egg rolls ever. I mean... <laughs> Okay, I, I, <laughs> I think you heard enough for now. I mean, there's other topics that I want to talk to you about and stuff, but I'm going to have to hit you up at another time because I got to...